You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your ears. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews. It's Monday Musings Day on Locked On Blue Jays, and... I, I hope y'all are recovered from the various holiday weekends in North America between Canada Day and Independence Day. I I think there are a lot of people approaching this Monday just being as as anti-Monday as possible. A, a lot of Garfields out there today. I'm I'm kind of feeling it myself, but you know, we move forward to continue providing you with all the Blue Jays content you need. To get you through your work day. And we start with the series against the Yankees over the weekend. We're going to talk about the All-Star game in the second half of today's episode. But we'll start with the Yankees series. Blue Jays started great. Got the win in the opener. And then couldn't really get it going for the rest of the series. Lost 2 of 3 to the Yankees. which. At this point, kind of resigned to it. I still don't like the Yankees, but I, again, am, I'm over it. I'm over this season. That That's essentially what I can say. But I did say on Twitter that I was going to do my best to try and talk about bright spots for the rest of the season in regards to the Blue Jays and and trying to find those silver linings that will sustain everyone through to the beginning of the 2019 season when we have to look for more bright spots. But anyway, I digress. Let's talk about some of the bright spots and let's talk about Justin Smoke. Justin Smoke had himself a very good series against the Blue Jays. He went a very solid 6 for 11 in in that series. He, he scored 3 runs. He had the home run off Sonny Gray in Friday's win that essentially knocked him out and really really did some good to drive up the price tag for Jay Happ, who we will also be talking about later. But it was it was a nice bounce back series from Smoke, considering he had been he'd been struggling to really find his swing and and get on base with any kind of consistency. He had a really solid series from a contact perspective, so that was nice to see. Um, Lourdes Gurriel had a decent series when when he did play. He, he even batted second in one of the games, which was nice. And he, you know, two for four or. Two for eight, sorry, during the series. But he, more importantly, Gurriel looked really good in the field. He had some really nice defensive plays, especially on Sunday when there there were all those double plays going around. There's a couple of really nice turns there. And he looked comfortable at shortstop, which is exactly what the Blue Jays want to see because Gurriel's going to be getting the majority of, of those at-bats at shortstop, even... If somehow Troy Tulowitzki makes his return this season, I don't see him 
getting as much time as Guriel does, because Guriel's part of the future, and Tulowitzki, he has to prove he can stay on the field before he gets on the field. Other bright spots, other bright spots. Uh, let's talk about Ryan Barucki. Ryan Barucki looked really good again. His third start with under two earned runs allowed. First Blue Jays pitcher to do that since Ricky Romero, which mm, let's not make that comparison, but still, Ryan Barucki looking really good again for the Blue Jays. He is a keeper. And again, I don't care what co-host Ryan Miller says. Barucki, if he can continue to do this, if he can continue to get the outs he needs if he can laser in and get those ground balls and and get those double plays going he has a future in the rotation as a very good pitch to contact starter a very good lefty who can make batters uncomfortable and jittery and and force them to swing early and get that weak contact he's shown he can do that already as a major league starter and i i think it's very possible he can continue to do that and for the Blue Jays going forward, they to be able to identify a, a starter like that who they can hold on to and and know they can throw out and get innings out of because he's been so consistent in putting up the innings, it, it's so comforting to have that. And we should talk about the bullpen a little bit because the bullpen was pressed into action a lot in this series. But some unheralded names did good work. Jake Petrica pitched two and a third innings in Saturday's game. He had, he had one earned run allowed, but still looked very good. Luis Santos came out and pitched two solid innings. Joe Biagini came out and got his first win. That that was nice. He pitched an inning and two thirds in Friday's game. Got that ERA down to 618. He, he'll get it into the fives yet, folks. So there were some good things to talk about with the Blue Jays in this series. But then, you know, we, we do, I guess, have to balance it out a little bit. So let's start with J-Hop's start on Saturday, which when you're trying to audition for new employers, that is not the best tactic to convince them that you should come over there. You he only lasted two and two thirds. He walked six, which a lot of people on Twitter were talking about Lance Barrett's strike zone and how narrow it was. Luis Severino didn't seem to have those problems, though. Severino only walked two, gave up three runs, but he wasn't near as wild as, as Hap was, and he wasn't getting any any of the calls. Only 47 pitches for strikes out of the 84 he threw. And it, it was very uncharacteristic. And I don't know if the trade talk got to J-Hap, especially since the Yankees, you know, their their newspapers in New York just blaring that they need to get J-Hap, that they need need this guy in, in the rotation. And, you know, when you have that kind of insecurity around your job, it's going to affect your performance, but it was just so bad from Hap. Like he was all over the place. And then when he wasn't, the Yankees were just golfing it out of the park. You 
they, those leadoff home runs, plural, to start the game from Gardner and Judge, just were not were not the J Hap that Blue Jays fans have come to expect. And and again, you can chalk it up to the uncertainty, but you you have to wonder what this means going forward. Like, do the Yankees? pay for a guy who may not be able to perform in the pressure cooker that is New York. I, I'm not sure how they really look at that going forward because the, the Yankees need to get at least one arm, probably two. So they may be looking at Cole Hamels of Texas or Danny Duffy of Kansas City as potential solutions for that rotation as well. And... Well, the bidding war for Hap is is going to still be there. Uh, there was a report this week from John Heyman that the Cubs were now interested in Hap. And when when I broached that topic with Kelly Wallace last week, which if you haven't listened to my interview with Kevin, Kelly Wallace, you should. It's a great interview. And she has a lot of interesting tidbits on the Cubs and on Mexican baseball. So check that out. But... She was less interested in pitching than in hitting for the Cubs, specifically Manny Machado. But with the way guys like Tyler Chatwood have pitched this season and with the uncertainty surrounding you, Darvish, they could use that other arm. And the only problem, as Kelly said, the Cubs don't have near the prospect capital that some of these other teams do. So they would kind of have to blow the Blue Jays away, maybe offer their Hap in exchange for a J-Hap, which even then, I'm not sure I would take Ian Hap over, like I said, Clint Frazier or or Brett Phillips. I'm not sure where I would go with that. So that was disappointing to see from J-Hap. We will talk about good with J-Hap in the second half. And one other thing that kind of irked me about the Yankees series right after this. Okay, the other let's start let's complete the Yankees series thoughts first of all. Justin Smoke had a really good series. Again, 6 for 11. He he scored 3 runs. Couldn't get in during the game when they really needed it though, which was that Sunday game, the 2-1 10 inning loss. And what that game did for me was highlight a problem with the Blue Jays lineup as it has gone into the summer. Justin Smoke was two for four in that game, consistent throughout the series, but so was Kendris Morales in that four slot as a DH. He had that solo shot off Domingo Herman in the sixth to tie the game. He, he's been hitting solidly in July to the point where Buck and Pat were speculating that that maybe Kendris Morales can be moved now, which that would be amazing. I'm not sure if they could really find a spot for Kendris Morales because a lot of the contenders already have their DH slots filled with with Nelson Cruz and uh, Albert Pujols. Michael Brantley, he alternates in Cleveland. Edwin Carnacion is obviously there. 
the Yankees use theirs to give guys like Stanton and Judge a rest, and then Boston has J.D. Martinez. So a lot of the DH slots are already filled, so I don't know where Kendris can really go in that case. But the bigger point is, those guys were on base a lot of times in in a game where one run would have easily tipped the scale, and they got no production from the five and six hitters in their lineup. And the time has come to really question whether or not Kevin Pillar and Russell Martin should continuously be trotted out there in the five and six slots. When they hit five and six in this series, they were a combined one for 14 with a pair of Russell Martin walks. Kevin Pillar has been Kevin Pillar at the plate. And not good Kevin Pillar. No, regular Kevin Pillar. Bad Kevin Pillar. You you look at the, the trends for Kevin Pillar. After that awesome April when he was batting 305 and the Blue Jays were doing really good. Since then, he's just been plummeting down a cliff. Last month, he batted 210 with three home runs and eight RBIs. That is not production you can get out of your number five hitter. This In six games in July, he's batting 136. It's, it's not good. He's so far below what the split should be. And and you can point to bad luck all you want. He has a 105 batting average on balls in play, but it's still not there. His is if you if you look at his split for for his OPS, which is 439, it's in like the bottom quarter of that lower half. He's his OPS split is 28, and it is. You can't keep trotting him out there if he's just going to keep swinging like that, especially from a spot where you need production. And Russell Martin's been talked about the entire season for what he's doing. He's still only batting 172 on the season. He walks. Oh, he gets plenty of walks. But he still hasn't been hitting consistently enough to prove that he should be in that number six slot. And I know the Blue Jays are in a position where they don't have a lot of choice in the matter because you can't reliably put Luke Maley there. And I I don't know where they want to put Randall Grichuk. I, I'd like to see him higher in the lineup. I think Grichuk is, is a five guy. Grichuk definitely deserves to be above those two, the way he hit last month. I, I would put Gurriel up there. I'd, I'd, I'd go with a lineup that had Guriel at leadoff, and then either... No, I'd put... Sol- I'd go Guriel and Grichuk, I think. 1-2. And then go... Solarte, Hernandez, Smoke, Morales. 5-6. I, I think that's what I'd do. And then... You, at, at this rate, the way Kevin Pillar is hitting, you'd have to drop him to 9 again. And I know Kevin Blar doesn't want to be hitting nine, but he has to prove he can hit to not be worthy of that nine. So I put Devin Travis seven and then Martin eight and Pilar nine. That's the way I'd go that lineup. You can't have those two hitting in your most valuable run producing slots. And I know everyone says, oh, cleanup, cleanups. We, we got it there. No. No, you're going to have like guys coming up with two outs. And do you want to see Kevin Pillar consistently coming up there with two outs and striking out? No, because that's not productive for the Blue Jays at all. Do you want to have Russell Martin coming up and weekly grounding out? 
to shortstop to end an inning? No, no, it's I I love John Gibbons, but he's got to start rethinking what he does with this lineup to put it in a position to win if he still wants to win. Which, again, a lot of fans have given up on this season. I totally understand that. But there are players going out there and fighting like in in that Saturday game. They were down by a vast margin. You know, it was 7-2 to after three innings. I had given up. I switched over to Russia-Croatia to watch some World Cup action. But the Blue Jays kept fighting. They kept, they got the run in the fourth. They got in the run of sixth to make, try and make it closer. And then, you know, top top of the ninth, they get that, they get that run off Reiner Cruz when Reiner Cruz left due to injury because he's a Blue Jays player. Of course, he's going to leave a game due to injury. Doesn't have to be a Blue Jays player for long to do that. And then, you know, you, you saw Diaz go out there and, and knock Chase and Shreve out of the park. Just justifying my love to hold Chase and Shreve up as, as a generic bullpen guy with a funny name. So there was fight in this team, but the the Blue Jays have to put their players in a better position to succeed. And trotting Kevin Pillar and Russell Martin out there in five and six does not do that. There there needs to be a change in that lineup. I, I outlined it. I think it's pretty good. Might take it to you guys, see what you, you all think. But we we are going to close on a happy note on here. So again, we we've ragged on J Hap. We we talked about what he's done. But J Hap's going to the All-Star game. Yay! So, J-Hap is the Blue Jays selection to to go there. You know, it, it says all you need to know about the Blue Jays season that uh, the starting pitcher with the 444 ERA is going for the club. But, I as I said on Twitter, it's it's well-deserved. He's been a rock for this team for a while. He has been their, their steadiest performer. And he deserves to go and get that adoration. For, for a career that has been pretty much overlooked. He he developed into that kind of reliable lefty starter, that, that Mark Burley type, that Jamie Moyer type, that goes out there and just does his job every day. The only problem with Jay Happ, and this, this is why I asked the fan question that I did uh, on Friday, there were so many other starting pitchers that were more worthy of going to that all-star game that got left out. Chris Archer took to Twitter and just roasted, roasted the players and the managers for not sending Blake Snell from Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's representative was voted in. Wilson Ramos got the, got the starting catcher nod, which well-deserved for Wilson Ramos. He he's been Tampa Bay's best offensive player, so I'm I'm glad he got that. Fans actually did a pretty good job on voting this year. They got Jose Abreu in at first base, so that was a White Sox representative. Um, Betts Trout Judge, you can't argue with that outfield. They did a really good job voting as fans this year, and and getting guys like Nick Markakis in and Matt Kemp. I'm I'm very proud of what the fans were able to do with the voting this year. So I'm I have no no argument with, with those spots but some some of the guys who who went like Trevor Story is having a good season for Colorado but is he better than Trey Turner no 
did did Cincinnati really need two infielders? I know Eugenio Suarez is having a good year, but Scooter Jeanette was getting their spot. Did did Suarez really need to go over over a guy like Max Muncie, who's hitting twenty home runs, or or Jesus Aguiar, who's batting three hundred three in a year where no one seems to be able to bat three hundred? Should you have have left guys like Andrew Benintendi, as much as I hate to big up a Boston guy, Giancarlo Stanton's in the all-star vote, Eddie Rosario, who's having a great season for Minnesota, all those guys in the all-star vote. So you could send Mitch Haniger from Seattle when, when you already have two, two other DHs on the squad in, in Shinsu Chu and Nelson Cruz. I, I can't, I can't understand how the way this was decided. And again, it the pitchers were 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 most egregious. I I said that Blake Snell was left off. James Paxton was left off, the guy who threw a no-hitter this year and who's been really good for Seattle. He isn't going. Charlie Morton, what was like 12 wins, he isn't going. Trevor Bauer was an in was a replacement for Justin Verlander because Verlander is going to be pitching on Sunday, so I don't know what's going on. Araldis Chapman got named. I've already made my feelings clear on Araldis Chapman, and I hope his injury takes him out of this game so that someone more worthy gets to go. If they use that to get Blake Snell in, that's fine. But get Araldis Chapman out of that bloody game. He should not be going. Craig Kimbrell is is like all right, fine. Yeah, I get I guess, but just I I'm very disappointed in in some of the selections that were made, especially from that pitching ball. And and Toronto could be a contributor to that. Again, again, that's why I posed a question on Friday. I I'm very happy for J Hap. I love that. But should he have gone over the likes of Snell or Morton or 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 Paxton? No. No, he shouldn't have and again, I would have, if I were selecting it, I probably would have subbed out Glaber Torres. Cause let's see you do it over a full season. Glaber. I would have knocked him out. I would have put Yen Herbert Solarte in to be the blue Jays representative and opened up that pitching slot for Snell, for Paxton, for these guys who were going out there and, and performing as well as they did to get snubbed like this is, is kind of silly. I I don't understand the way the, the pitching voting went. I'm, this isn't a takeaway from anyone who made it. Like, congrats to Jose Barrios. He he deserved to go there for Minnesota. Again, aside from Chapman, I I pretty much don't I don't want to I don't want to take away from any of these guys because you don't know they're all having really good years. But some of the selections made absolutely no sense to me, and I know the Blue Jays played their part in that, and that's. That's why I kind of put that forward. So that that's my all-star rant for the day. I'm going to end it there before we go any more off the rails with this Monday Musings edition of Locked on Blue Jays. So let me know what you think. If you have any thoughts on what I said on today's podcast, hit me up on Twitter at NeoAC18. That's NeoAC18. Follow the podcast at Locked on Jays. And yeah, we we will get through this all-star week this last week of full games before next week 
have some news about next week that we'll talk about later on, may, maybe on the on a show where I don't go over. I was going to talk about it today, but we'll save it. You know, it, it, it'll be pertinent later in the week. So we'll end it there. So for everyone at Locked On Blue Jays, I'm Ryan Andrews. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.